Hello and welcome to Something to Talk About with me, your host, Samantha Armitage. Now, every week I'll be having those difficult, inspiring, uncomfortable and uplifting conversations with people from all walks of life. Some may be well-known household names, others you may never have heard of, but either way, I'll be navigating those tricky discussions candidly, openly and honestly. So, the footy is back. If AFL is your thing, Dustin Martin is on the cover of Stella Mag this week. And if you're an NRL tragic, our next guest is a living legend. As an Australian rugby league player, Steve Blocker-Roach was pivotal, fiery and formidable. He was the country's leading prop during the late 80s. He played 185 games for Balmain over 11 years. He ran out for Australia and was an original blues enforcer for State of Origin. Blocker was a powerhouse on the field and earned cult figure status at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney. But it's his life post-football that intrigues me the most. You'd expect a National Rugby League Hall of Famer to be hardened, quiet and introspective, but this all-round good bloke has a lot to say and a lot more love to give. Thank you for joining us, Steve Blocker-Roach. Sam, am I allowed to call you Sam? Well, you can call Sammy? me Mrs Lavender. Oh, Mrs Lavender. <laughs> no, you can wow. call me Sam. Can this, I call you Blocker? Yeah, of course you can. This is like Beauty and the Beast. Why would you want to talk to me? Honestly, Sam. What, because, what? well, let me tell you why, Blocker. Because remember we God. met at the races. We did. Not that long ago. Yes. And firstly, I want to tell you about our conversation driving home from that race meeting because it was I was doing FebFast so I wasn't drinking right. I drove home from the races can you believe it haven't done that before mm. and our conversation in the car went like this Rich said to me my god can you imagine tackling blocker and I said oh but all I wanted to do was give him a cuddle <laughs> I would have let you too but me missus was there well no I didn't remember I asked Kathy if it was I said, can I like a teddy bear oh, do you on. get that from many ladies uh no not really you're the first actually or the second <laughs> I get it from a lot of grannies or people say to me oh geez I named my dog after you or my horse or whatever like that you know like Really? So, yeah, that's a bit weird. Why Why blocker? Well, Sam, what happened was um, I was a young fella playing footy in Wollongong and I got the opportunity to go up to the Tigers. I had to play two years in the juniors up there and the great Alan McMahon, I'll probably talk a lot about people who are not with us anymore, God yeah. rest his soul, mm. uh, was a fullback for the Tigers and also uh, a Wollongong bloke and also played for Australia and New South Wales. I think that they hired me to drive him home from training. Uh, most of the time so I got the opportunity to uh, to go up to Sydney to play and when he when he saw me play firstly he started calling me blockhead <laughs> but oh. you can't you can't go through your whole life being called blockhead can you so <laughs> so I actually ingrated blocker into it you know so what I did was you know just slowly slowly turn the nickname around so God rest his soul Alan was a, a great mate of mine he turned out to be a, a great friend and uh, unfortunately not with us anymore, but um, made a great Tiger man. Yeah, and um, Blocker stuck. Does anyone call you Steve besides uh, Kathy? Uh, Kathy does. Kathy does when I'm in trouble. <laughs> Stephen. No, she calls me Stephen. <laughs> but you wouldn't be in trouble very often, would you? Oh, yeah, I get, I get, I do get in trouble. My main job in the mornings now, because um, Kath works a couple of days a week as a nursing sister, and um, I, uh, my job is she tells me every week to un- unpack the dishwasher, but. You know, I've got a couple of a couple of bad knees and a hip and sore back. I find it a little bit hard 
when we when we developed the house and made the plans, we should have put the dishwasher up a little bit higher <laughs> so I could reach. But that's my that's my excuse. And you know what? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I've heard some bad excuses for it's, it's not a, packing a, the dishwasher. It's, it's an ordinary one, isn't it? <laughs> but we've we've been together for for we've been married thirty six years this year. So you'd think by this time I would know where every all the pots and pans and all that sort of stuff went. And uh, I I unpack it and I leave stuff on the table for her oh. to put away because I I don't know where they oh. go and she says to me mate what is wrong with you what is wrong with why you boys do, why don't you know where this goes you, you know we've been doing this for you've been doing this for so long rich does the same thing he actually rings me yesterday i was out and yeah. he said where does the tupperware go i'm yeah. unpacking the dishwasher i was like are you kidding <laughs> that's i do that myself i'm busy <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you boy I mean honestly blocker you can play how many games of rugby league and you don't know where the Tupperware goes I know but I I, I can't do two things at once <laughs> I'm sorry I apologize <laughs> Um how are the when when you when we Google your name. First thing that comes up: Why is Steve Roach called Blocker? We've answered that. Is Steve Roach married? Yes, to the fantastic Kathy. Beautiful. We're going to talk more about her, but she Beautiful is lady. a yep. firecracker, isn't yes. she? I was liking it. I made. I've been mate. Honestly, Sam, this is. I know this is. We can talk candidly here. I've always had someone beside me looking after me, yeah. and when I when I met her. Straight away, I said to me mates, "I'm going to I'll marry that girl." Really? Like I did. Honestly, I knew straight away. And they said, oh, turn it up, mate. She's out of your league. You're getting. I said, mate, you watch. And we've been together ever since. Where did you meet her? I met her at um, Dremoyne Rugby Union Club. Can mm. you believe that? Mm. I think the first um, six weeks I went out with her, I, I got introduced to her parents and that. Uh, Mick and Margaret were beautiful Irish people. They like my mum and dad. Unfortunately, Mick's not with us anymore. And um, I reckon I had black eyes for the first six weeks. They didn't even really know what I looked like. So they <laughs> probably thought, what's this? What's, what's she doing bringing this bloke Can home, you, you know? imagine though? Yeah, but they're like, but mate, they're my family now, you know. Yeah, so, but when she first brought home this big blocker, yeah. they must have gone. <laughs> well, oh my I, god! Well, I probably wasn't known like that then, but yeah. So um, yeah, it was good. But she she did give me the flick for a couple of months too, which I'm still a bit dirty on, you know. <laughs> well, how old were you then? Oh, probably nineteen or something. Twenty. And what did you do? Oh, I freaked out, mate. I just went on the rampage for a for a while, and yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was. I, how can she? How can she get rid of me? She went over to Perth for a couple of months and all that sort of stuff. Got yeah. right away and wow! I used to go to a mum's place for a baked dinner every week while we weren't together. Yes, <laughs> Just trying, but, trying to get back. Oh, know? really? But oh, see, yeah. 100%. She's a clever woman. I can tell straight away. Kathy, I think she played it very well. No, I don't. I don't. I was devastated for a couple of months. It nearly ruined my footy career. You know. Really? Yeah. So I went off the rails. Really? And then she, you went off the rails a few times. We, we'll get, I, I did go off the rails a few but, times. But then she took you back. She's very um, sure of herself, isn't she? She's oh, quite strong. 100%. And that's part of the reason I invited you in here today because I, I even just seeing you two at the races together, you and Kathy, I yeah. thought, what a great marriage. You know what? I'm a loyal, dedicated man. I only play for the one club, the mm. Tigers, mm. and I one woman, mate. That's for me. That's it. Yeah. She was saying, you know, with your work at Fox, yeah. you're mentoring a lot. You know, obviously we're seeing more women in commentary yeah. yes. on the sidelines, yeah. hosting a lot more women in the game now. And Kathy said to me, you know, Steve mentors a lot of these women. He takes a lot of them under his wing. You know, it's still pretty tough. You know, it's still a blokey industry. And uh, and I thought, how fabulous that uh, he does that. No, if I take him under my wing, I, look, I've I got to say I'm I'm great mates with Vonnie and Lara Pitt, really mm. close. Mm. But 
Lara, for for instance, Lara Pitt, she's got three boys. So just reminds me of when we were when we were married first, and you know we had three little boys too. So you know I don't know I don't know what it is. And and Vonnie, she's got this she's got this unbelievable Yvonne Sampson. I'm talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. the the major host along with Maddie Johns at Fox. Yeah, she's got this wonderful. Um, rhythm or whatever it is about her that she can bring you into things without actually talking to you. I don't know if you understand. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if people would understand what I'm trying to say, but she, she's she got this knack and this beautiful, um, cheery persona and it's not a it's not an us against them. It's a, it's not the women against the blokes and all that sort mm. of stuff. And, you know, you know, to tell you the honest truth, we've had to change a lot too, the blokes. Because if you if you don't sort of go along with it and and you know immerse yourself into into what the girls are trying to do and what they they're trying to say, mm. well, you know this is how it is now. But I I actually I actually enjoy the girls' company and they you know and and what they bring to the coverage and all that sort of well, stuff. Well, and look, I mean, I I know these girls vaguely, yeah. but um, I, I I could I I think they wouldn't mind me speaking for them, for them. in saying that. That must be wonderful for them. I mean, you to, to have your support like that genuinely yeah. would be so helpful to them in the confidence you need on air to, to host this kind of stuff. Mm. And not all blokes like that. I mean, you are Blocker Roach. You're a hard man no, from the no. 80s. You could be a total prick if you yeah, wanted to be. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> what is it like? Let's go back to Balmain days. When you are a superstar and in this country our footballers are, you know, rock stars. Not so much not so much then because we were all workers, you know. So we worked and played. Sometimes when footballers, particularly these days, yeah. go off the rails a bit or they do dumb stuff, yeah. and you think, well, there's a level of hero worship where they think they can get away with it. Oh, yeah. You no, you're, prob- you're probably right. Right, you know, and it does affect you as a person. It must. I'll tell you what. If I was on a million two, I'd have a bit more swagger. <laughs> hey, I would. What Don't would worry you about be it. like? It, what would you be like now if you were a young bloke now playing like a Josh Addo car? Josh Addo car. Would you be strutting around with your? 100%. Well, I saw a picture of him in the paper the other day with his shorts pulled up. Yeah, and the up his and bum. the um, what are those leather bags blokes wear now? Is that one of them there? <laughs> You know, man but, bags. Yeah, but they wear them across to themselves and all that sort of stuff. I'd have the gold chains and everything, I reckon. Yeah, I'd have, but but wearing it on the outside, not, not in, so everyone could see. It. And the diamond earrings yeah. and the. I'd I mean, you can stuff. see why they get a bit lost in all of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the other thing too, Sam, is you think it's going to last forever. Mm. That's the thing. You know, when you're in it, when you're playing it, you're going, "Oh, mate." This, mm. this is going to last forever. Mm. But the great, the great thing about in back in the day, and it's gone real, all professional now. But back in the day when I was playing, it was a community thing. Like we, we'd go to the Balmain Butcher and the, you know, the Greengrocer and the, you know, mm. all that sort of stuff. So it was a, a community based thing. So we would play, we would play at Leichhardt Oval on a Sunday afternoon. Some of the greatest times of my whole life was going back to our league club. Mm. There'd be three thousand people in the club, plus the blokes you played against and bash. You'd bash each other, and blokes that have cuts and broken noses and all mm. that, and you'd be having a beer together. Mm. But now, you know, since drink driving and all that sort of stuff, and recovery now for players, I think we've lost that sort of mateship of of mates that you play against. Yeah. Unless you play, you know, for New South Wales or Queensland or Australia mm. or whatever. That, so you get to no other players and other teams. Mm. That was one of the best things. Oh, you got me, you know. <laughs> you got me in that game. I'll square up next time we play down the road or whatever, you know. <laughs> but it was but it was 
oh, mate, it was just great for the whole community and everyone, you know. So so families and mums and dads and mm. players and their mums and dads and all that sort of stuff would go back and we'd have a great it's time. It's so professional now, which I suppose it has to be. Yeah. And and it's good because it's it's a it's really a brilliant game to watch these yeah. days. It's so fast and yeah. the skills are so incredible. Yeah, they're unreal, and and they? these blokes and, and the women are so, are such superstars. Yeah. And then what comes from that, you know, I think particularly in the off-season you hear these stories about um, blokes getting themselves into trouble and mm. half of them, I reckon, are that they're out at some pub with their mates and they get picked by another group of blokes because yeah, they are happens. superstars. That you know, happens. Someone will heckle you, blocker, you think you're all this, you know, and there's a grog involved and then... Yeah you know, it ends up on the news and yeah. they get fined and the club gets fined and everyone goes, bloody rugby league players. They do, don't they? Yes. Throw the blanket straight over us. Well, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about incidents like that? Well, you, you still got to live your life and be a person. You still you can't lock yourself in a, in a room because you're, cause you're a sportsman. You've got to be able to, to go out and... Oh, I sp- I suppose you've got to learn to control yourself. Look, I, look I, mate, I, I'm no angel. I've been in fights in pubs and that all my life. But not now. Like, I'm, I'm older now oh, and more wise. I'm glad to hear not now. Yeah, not now. Kathy but, would have your guts for guts. I know. But it's, a, it's an ego thing, Sam. Yeah. It's a like, mate, you know, Paul Gallon, good mate of mine, right? Paul, I've seen Paul benching 200 kilos. Mm. Now, I, this, this, that's, that is incredibly strong. Now, think of a, um, an everyday bloke in a pub trying to pull him on. Like, if he wanted to, honestly, if he wanted to, he could rip your arm out of your socket if he wanted to. Mm. So... It, it's an ego thing, or you know, these guys. Oh, they're so and so. They're all going, you know. I'll go, but little do they know they they shouldn't be doing that because they're they're probably biting off a little bit more than they can chew. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But totally, you think about it. You're playing a you're playing a muncho sport where you you get paid to take people on, mm. especially in my position too. So you think about it in a street if someone you know someone wants to have a go. I found that very hard, Sam. When I uh, when I retired, um, I retired. And I got into a bit of trouble up in the Gold Coast. It's a long, long story. Um, it's a long story. I won't, I won't go right into it unless you want me to. I will. But I, I got in a bit of trouble there and I got, I got the but sack you, from... But did you, you did the wrong thing? Uh, well, I, I didn't start it, but I finished it. Right. So I, I did do the wrong thing by getting into a uh, fisty cup, but I didn't start it. Mm. And it was you know typical of, you know, you guys think you're bloody, you know, whatever. Yes. In my position for all my life is don't let anyone get over the top of you. Don't you let anyone beat you. That's mm. how you trained, right? Don't you let it you mate, you don't you take anything from anyone, right? So anyway, you finish your career or whatever and then you're in the in normal life and someone um attacks your manhood. So you so so now you you're teaching me all my life to be like this and then I'm finished and then I be like that and then you then mm. you then I get in trouble. Mm. So you've taught me to be how I am. Yeah. Do you understand me? Yeah. So so it's hard the hardest thing is to is to you're not that player that's aggressive and doing all that sort of stuff anymore. Mm. You're a you're a member of the public. Yeah. So now you've got to think differently. You you described it as retirement from football as being like a, a mum when her kids grow up and you sort of have to find your purpose again. Yeah. Is that is that I, how it um, I had to um I'm not afraid to say I had to go and see a psychologist about all that stuff mm. because uh, you, you said, you know, like a mum has had kids and all of a sudden the kids grow up and they're gone and the mother all her life has been looking after the kids and then all of a sudden the kids are gone. They they feel like they've lost their purpose. Would mm. that be fair to say? Mm. Mm. So that, that sort of, if you've 
if your whole life's been for me, rugby league, and then all of a sudden it's gone, I'm sort of like, what do I do now? Mm. What What am I going to do now? And it beca- it's a very, um, very fine line. You've got to have some good people to talk to and some good people who, who lead you the way. I, I was lucky enough because Alan Jones coached us at the Tigers the last couple of years I was playing. And um, I was out suspended from something, <laughs> whatever. And um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. And he said, oh, mate, um, Channel 9 are doing the footy. Um, you want to have a go on the sideline? Anyway, so they hand me the microphone. They come out and I'm, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful evening here tonight. You know, blah, 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 blah. Shit, rhubarb custard, just waffling on. <laughs> the two teams playing tonight, you know, just bang and Game of two halves. Yeah, all that, sort, yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, just yeah. a million cliches yeah. that I could bring in. Anyway... <laughs> The producer was rolling his finger over at me like that, and I'd never done it before. I oh, that, that means rap. I get that a lot. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought it meant keep going, and I'm going. Oh, yeah, as well. You know, oh, you have a look at, yeah. I know. I just kept going. They're going. How good is AJ? He's he's been a great support to me too. He's he's champion. He is great at um, mentoring, isn't he, and supporting. Mate, you know what? Um, I I liken to to a lot of people that I've met. In the media, a lot of people do things for other people to get something for themselves. Alan Jones is the opposite. Mm. He does things for people to generally help them. Mm. That's that's how I read it anyway. I agree. He's got a huge heart. Yeah. And, and if he's on your team, yeah. by God, he's, he's a great supporter. We'll be back with more from Steve Blocker-Roach right after this. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. Tell me about your playing days. They're bits you don't remember. I mean, because of the, the Head concussions. <laughs> Not because well, of the but, drinking blocker. Mate, yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? When they talk about all the concussions and everything now, and I was talking a bit earlier about going back to the club and doing all that. When I was playing, it was a sign of weakness if you come off. Say you got a bad cut on your head or you got concussion. And I'm saying this is, I'm glad they're cleaning it all up now, Ooh, right? So you got a bad cut. They'd wrap your head up and stitch up after the game and push you back out there. But that's that was a um, that was a, like a, a sign of weakness if you didn't go back out. So mm. we contributed to whatever happens to us now later on down the track because we would go back. Now, Sam, I don't know whether this will shock you, but if we had a win at the Tigers at Balmain at Leichhardt and go back to the club, I reckon I'd have twenty schooners after a game. Really? Yeah, because you be you know you get wrapped up in the. You know, yes. the time and you're in different shouts and you're talking to different people and you especially if you've won. Yeah. Now, to me to me now looking back on that those days, that was probably the worst thing you could do yes. if you had a head knock or you Oh you my were, god. Or yes. you were hurt or whatever like that. But that's it was a different era. It's the way it was. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you have any memory loss now or anything? Oh yeah, mate, I yeah. There'd be a couple of cases where I uh, forget what I'm doing or, or yeah. you get a lot of um you get a lot of deja vu. Yeah. You know where yeah. you stand there you go, I've been here before. Really? What's that? Yeah, yeah. So but anyway, that's as I said, we contributed to whatever but but I I got I gotta make it clear like I love all the new protocols and everything that's coming in now for head mm. knocks and all that sort of stuff. But I would never ever sue the game or mm. or you know, you you've seen what they've done in the States now and mm. there's there's a big case now in the rugby union in in England. Eight players that played in the World Cup are yeah. uh, putting up a um, 
thing to, to sue the game for not looking after him. I would never do that. And the other thing too is if someone, one of my mates did it, I'd be dirty on him. Hmm. Because yes, yeah. we knew, we knew, mate. That's that was well, part and parcel of what you were doing. And blocker, you were the the big guy on ground. Like you were the leading prop. Your head was in the middle of all that stuff. Can't you tell? <laughs> it's such a beautiful head. Oh, though. Yeah, I've had more hits than Elvis Presley. <laughs> but um, I mean, I my brother was a prop at school, and the uh, first thing when Charlie got picked for the first, Mum ran out and bought him yeah. headgear. She Did was she? terrified. Can I just tell you that I don't think headgear does, helps you. Really. No. If you, you, you think about it, you get a head in the head inside your brain or whatever's wobbling around, I don't yeah. think your headgear's going to help you. So are there times that you distinctly think in your career that you should not have gone back on, you, where you went, whoa, I can, well, can't even stand up, let alone run on, back onto the field? Well, since we're being terribly honest with each other, I remember, I remember playing against St George one day and mate, they had a great, you know, Craig Young and Rod Reddy and all those, but they were great, great players. We were only young kids coming through. I, uh, we finished the game and I'd, I just felt like I sat down, mm. like sat down, and I looked up again and all my, all my teammates were showered and they were going, well, what are you doing? What are you doing, Blair? Oh I said, well, God. mate, we're going out in the third quarter. I <gasps> said, mate, it's, it's over. It's finished. Oh, my God. That's, I can remember, I can honestly remember that. Really? Yeah. <gasps> but they say now, they say now that your first one's your worst and then as it goes down the track, it takes less and less to um, to rattle you or yeah. give you a concussion or whatever. See, this is why when I met you, I was like, I want to give you a concussion. <laughs> poor Blake, look at his melon. <laughs> Kathy doesn't mind. Well, look at your melon. You haven't even got any scars and you've got less wrinkles than me. So you're doing all right. You've vitamin, vitamin E cream. <laughs> Have you? Is that what Kathy makes you do? Yeah, she, I've, I've got to moisturise every night. No, I'm doing you. <laughs> You have got beautiful skin blocker, I have to say. Come on, Sam. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> He's loving this chat. Who was who was your favourite player to play with? Who do you think, from your perspective, was just the most extraordinary bloke you've ever seen on a football field? Playing and representing football with Mel, there's some sort I don't know, there's some sort of aura about him. Hmm. He walks into a place or a room, even now at, at Fox. When Mel walks in, it's like it's like the Kings walked in, you know, and everyone's like, wow, it's big Mal, you know. Really? There's big Mal, you know. But yeah. don't they do that when there's big blocks? No. <laughs> who's taller? I'm on, the, I'm on the outer. Oh, you are I'm not. on the outer. Who's, no, who's taller, you or Mal? I think, I'm, I think I've got Mal for height. Good, but okay. uh, Yeah, but he's a big, solid man. Yeah. Um, I, I said it before, like Benny Elias, in my, in my way of looking at it, um, I, I actually played in the juniors before we went in the grade together. He, in my mind, is the greatest tiger ever to play. Mm-hmm. He, I see. I'll give you an example. Like you, you talk to a lot of people, and mate, he was a sensational player. I seen him chip over the top, regather. This is a hooker, mind you. Mm. Chip over the top, regather. Chip over the top, the fullback regather and score under the post. And I'm going ape, going, mate, how good! I've never seen that. Is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Mm. And he turns around to me and goes, "What? <laughs> really? Yeah, as if to say, what?" Like, what are, you, what are you going on about, mate? But he was um, made an unbelievable ball player and being able to read numbers and, and just, mate, he was a sensation. Yeah. Um, the best player, Wally Lewis was a champion. Wally Lewis was mm. a great, great player, the king. Um, almost impossible to beat Queensland in Queensland when, when the king was playing. Mm. I played in that game when, um, when they showered the ground up in Queensland with cans, a 4X. I actually picked one up and had a drink. <laughs> Uh, no, I did. I, I I threw it back into the crowd. It was tasted like shit. Forex stuff. 
But um, <laughs> but Wally, um, for a bloke who could, uh, a bloke who could control, like, well, he's, he's an immortal. So, mm. uh, you know, you only have to have a look at the immortals and see the blokes that are in there. But he was a sensational player too, Wally. Mm. Great player. Tell us about State of Origin. How extraordinary is it to play State of Origin? It's changed a bit now. You ask, you ask a lot of players now, um, would they rather play State of Origin or for Australia mm. if you're an Australian? Mm. To me, State of Origin was the hardest footy, but playing for Australia was the was the ultimate gold. You mm. know, understand what I mean? So mm. that's sort mm. of flipped over a little bit now because of the um, like the the beast that State of Origin's become. the ha- The hardest part about State of Origin, if if you're if you've got a personality like mine, which is um, like want everything to happen and want to be involved in everything and doing that, the hardest thing is game day. So kickoffs at eight o'clock at night, right? Mm. So you get up in the morning, you have your breakfast, okay? So you get up in the morning, have your breakfast, um, you go for a team walk, that's 11 o'clock, you come home, have a bit of lunch, mm. go to bed, have an afternoon nap because the game kickoffs at times are not till 8 o'clock, so you might go to the game at 6. So It's a long day. But you think about what happens in your mind during that time. Yeah. So little things annoy you, yeah. like you close the curtains because it's a day, there's a bit of light coming in. Like that is like excruciating pain mentally yeah. or you go to brush your teeth after you know when, after you had your lunch or whatever and, and there's no toothpaste yeah. or you can't find your toothpaste yeah. so little little things really sort of um, like antagonise you so what, what you've got to do is be able to shut everything out of your mind and the more experience you get playing in big games the better you become at it yeah. but I'm telling you that weight between lunchtime Say twelve, one o'clock, or whatever it is, till kickoff time mm. is probably the difference between winning and losing. Not actually playing the game, because really? a lot of blokes, a lot of blokes play the game in their mind before they actually play. Yeah, we'll be back to discuss Blocker's Olympian son right after this. I think you have such a a wonderful, would you agree, family situation? Your three beautiful boys, and the youngest one, Aiden, is. Meant to be going to Tokyo, playing water polo. They're all pretty sporty, your kids, as you they can are. imagine. They are. Um, you know, the, the the proudest I am about those guys is when I go out with my mates, say I go for a beer or a lunch or whatever we go, and they'll say, oh, is, are the boys coming? Mm. So to mm. me, that is that is the acceptance. They love the boys like they... Like they're, they're their mates like I am. And I, I'd never hes- hesitate them to take them anywhere. Yeah. But um, Aiden... Aiden, the youngest one, as you said, he's going to his third Olympics, and this is what a lot of people don't understand about these guys that are, that play sports in the Olympics that are not highly paid. Mm. They would start training at five o'clock in the morning. If you're not there at the pool at five o'clock in the morning to dive in and get going, they send you home. They say, "Mate, you're you're late. See you later." Five a.m. Because mm. the reasoning behind that is because they they mostly train in public pools which open up at nine o'clock, and they've mm. got to have the pool right for the public to come in. Mm. So I've never ever seen people more disciplined in my life that love their sport. Don't get a, they get a grant for them if they get a grant from the government if they're in the Olympics or whatever. Mm. But just the dedication. He's already been to two Olympics. Yeah. And and with COVID last year, it would have been very easy. So you see, this the, the other thing that I, I was thinking about this morning too, and I was thinking about my young bloke going to his third one, and he did accountancy while he was doing his training and all that. So he's playing, coaching, and working at the same time. Well, what a, and what a shame um, that you and Kathy won't be able to go to Tokyo to watch yeah. him. 
Yeah. That's, that must be disappointing. We went to London and we went to Rio. Yeah. I missed the first game in Rio because I was working. So I'd come over the next couple of days and Aiden was walking out and I could see him looking for me. Mm. Mate, you, you think, you know, whatever you've done in your, in your career is good. Wait till you... Wait till your kid does that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was one of the one of the proudest things ever. But when he when he made London the first Olympics, it just so happened I was doing a game at Leichhardt Oval, and I come home, and the whole family's in tears. Mm. I'm going, I don't know what's going on here. Said, you got to ring Aiden. You got to ring him. So I ring him. I ring him, and I go, AJ, here you go, mate. You know, because I thought, oh, shit, what am I going to say to him? You know. Mm. I said, oh, here you go, mate. He goes, yeah, good, Dad, you know, really a little bit down. Yeah. And uh, I'm going, oh, you know, how's the tour been? And, you know, how's it over there? And da 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 And uh, he goes, I made the team. <laughs> and I went, you little bugger. <laughs> you know, and he goes, gotcha. Because <laughs> I'd come home all the time. I'd take the mickey out of the boys all the time. And you know, so, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we can't wait to watch Aiden in Tokyo. And Daniel, he, where's he? Is he the Daniel's eldest or the middle? Da- Daniel's the oldest. He's in He's Ireland. He and he coaches rugby. Yeah, and plays it. He or, played. Is he the most like you as far as football? Oh yeah, he played in the front row. He played in the Australian Schoolboys, yeah. Riverview Boys, all yes. my boys. Yes, I know um, that. My brother, remember? Yeah, I think he, my brother was and Aiden was. Similar they might have been similar similar yeah. ages. And then he went over to Ireland and was playing. He was playing over there. Mm. So and then he got, he got put in a little bit too quick. He was always a big, solid, big, strong bloke, and he hurt his neck pretty badly. And then that was it. But he two years ago gets on a gets on a plane and goes to Ireland. He lives over there now. Mm. Got a beautiful girlfriend, and hopefully one day will be his wife. And um, yeah, and loving it over there. And I say, oh mate, when you come home, he goes, Dad. You're not listening, mate. I am home. This is my home. Really? I'll come to visit. And Loves she's a, Ireland. And she's an Irish girl? No, she's an Irish lass. Oh, so yeah. this is all... Yeah, so Kathy all, must love that. Well, she does, but he he he's immersed in the history and all that sort of stuff, you yeah. know? When, you, when you're a father and you're growing up and you're doing all your stuff and you're working and all that sort of stuff, you don't get to spend the time with your kids or your boys, my three boys, like you really should, you should always make time. So anyway, I went over there and I spent two weeks with him, just him and I, travelling mm. around Ireland and just, mate, I'll tell you, it was the greatest. I've got to do it with the other two boys at some stage mm. because, mm. you know, you think you think you know your, your kids and all that, but you, you sort of don't until you actually spend two weeks with them. Yeah. And we're with, together every, you know. And particularly sure, travelling. I'm, sure I'm sure I would have driven him mad and all that because, <laughs> mate, I'm the worst in cars and all that. Oh, I'm, I'm a panic merchant and that, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but, but honestly, you know, if you, if you can do that with your kids and make the time to do it because, you know, once they grow up, yeah, you mightn't have the time to do it. And you think, you know, you, mate, as the kids are growing up, you think you'd, you are doing the right thing and all that. Yes. You're doing all the well, stuff. Well, you do that, the best you can, yeah. don't you? Yeah. You know, and then all we... of a sudden you get the chance to do that. And, um, yeah, no, it's mm. good. You could see, I could tell the love for Ireland mm. when I was over there with him, you know. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. It's in his blood. In his blood. Literally. And Liam, Liam? Is, he's the middle one. He's the middle. And he's in law. Well, he, he mate, he's that, he's that smart. You've got Very pretty, smart pretty cool kids. Cool kids. And well Liam's, done, Kathy. Liam's, <laughs> Liam's six foot five, by the way. Oh my god, it's, he... a, it's a monster. Um, he uh, 
he he's done enormously well. So he works for Bryden's lawyers. Yeah. But he looks after all their sponsorship, and you know they sponsor everyone, mm. and he does all that, and does all the, the club sponsorships and all that. He played league and all that sort of stuff too. He played with um, played with the Tigers and Manly and Canterbury yeah. in the twenties. Yeah. But he'd say to me things like, "Oh, Dad, I, you know, I'm, I, I love doing this and I love playing, but I don't know whether I'm really cut out for it, you know." Mm. And I said, "Mate, whatever, you know." Don't yeah. have to do it to please me, mate. You do what you do what turns you on, mate, you know? I wonder how much pressure there was on him being Stu Broach's yeah, son. Yeah, I don't know. Mate, a few blokes whacked him, I know that. They might have been <laughs> sons of the fathers of the sons that I got. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Blocker. And this is why I adore you. So you spent most of your life in footy clubs, yeah. surrounded by blokes. You are such a bloke. You've got three sons. Yeah. And now you've got a granddaughter. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Is she she the is apple I, of your eye. I can just show you a quick picture. Yes, is I'd she love... not the most beautiful oh, picture? She's so seen? cute. She's beautiful. <gasps> mate, she is gorgeous. How, Isla, how and, weird is this to have a baby girl oh, in the family? Mate, unbelievable. Mate, in generations and generations of my, my family, there's only been one girl. Really? And that's her. Oh, my so, goodness. So, oh, mate, she is. Oh, mate. If she says to me, I want a red Mercedes, <laughs> I go, right, eh? You know what I mean? What? Are you getting a bit teary? No, 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 no. It's, it might be a bit of sand in my eyes. <laughs> might a bit. No, but honestly, that's a mate. To me, you, oh, you know, because because you, you your children, you, and I, was, I mentioned before, you're doing all your stuff and doing this and doing that, and you're coming home and having dinner. Da, da, da. We're we lucky enough. We we get get. I'd I'd see her every day, but I drive her mum and dad crazy. You know, mm. she's a beautiful, beautiful kid. She she had to go to hospital a couple of weeks ago. She was in for a couple of days and bloody nearly broke my heart. Yeah. Seeing a little thing with, you know, little bloody needles in them and all that sort of stuff. I don't like all that stuff. Yeah. And say to the doctors, you better look after her, mate, or I'm coming after you. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you, imagine, <laughs> you imagine the doctors in the <laughs> No, nah, they're all ward? right. <laughs> no, I, I actually got, Sam, see those scars on my hands there? I got my hands mm. fixed. Mm. That's three weeks old. Look how good a healer I am. Well, that's still a fairly big scar. No, it's pretty good. Anyway, so I go in, <laughs> I go in to get this professor sees me and he's, He's rubbing me hands and that look, fooling the bones and all that. He's a, he's a professor. He's a bloke that's going to operate Can on Can I just hand. say again, you've got beautiful soft skin. <laughs> oh, thank you. So anyway, he's he's doing this to me hands and all that yeah. and like touching them nice softly. And I said, mate, you can at least buy me a drink first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, what are you supposed to say to those blokes? Anyway, he, he'd been away for 20 years studying. He didn't know who I was, which was good. Because oh. I can get my hand done and all that sort of stuff. And he's looking at all the x-rays. He goes, mate, were you a boxer? Oh, right. And Kath was sitting over in the, Kath was sitting over in the corner and she yelled yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what happens now? What do you do? Now you've got, you're entering this era of grandchildren and I guess life is pretty good. Life's unreal. Mate, I, as I said before, I've been blessed. Life's been grouse. I don't, I don't know any other way, you know. Been blessed with a great wife, great family. Done a little bit in the bit on the telly, a bit on the radio, bit in the coaching area. I don't know what what's left for me. As I said before, like I love going to the games and actually being there at the game and actually either doing the radio or telly or whatever it is. Mm. Hopefully, you know, hopefully I can keep doing that for until they say, mate, listen, you've had enough and we, you can't do it anymore if you've lost your memory or whatever. But I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I will be doing. There's a fair few people that have been involved with me over the years that have helped me so much, I'll be, see, what they don't know what goes on in my mind. I'll be giving them a bottle of champagne and saying, thank you very much. Mm. And there's a fear that I'll be saying, if I ever see you in the street, beware. (laughs) 
Do you know, I feel a bit like that at the moment too. <laughs> yes. It's funny when you, yeah. when you change your life direction. <laughs> 100%. I've had a, mate, I've had a good run. Yeah, well, you, but you, run. but you do have you do well. You do seem to have a wonderful life, but that that doesn't just happen to you. You have to make good choices in order to have a yeah. good life, to have Maybe. a great supportive wife, yeah. to to be a loving husband, to be a wonderful father, to have successful kids, mm. to have gorgeous grandkids. Yeah. Blessed, you know. blessed. You, you've made I'm good blessed. choices. You haven't always made good choices, but you seem to have made the right choices when it. Well, matters. the right choices <laughs> far outweigh the. Naughty ones. <laughs> oh, Blocker Roach, we love you. Thank you for your Thank time you, today. Tim. I really appreciate it. Thank oh. you. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Something to Talk About. As always, you can check out the episode notes for the links to the subjects discussed. Please remember to rate, like and subscribe to my podcast wherever you're listening. See you next time. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.